Welcome to Special Needs Moms Circle of Strength, the podcast where we shine a spotlight on the incredible journey of moms who are raising children with special needs. I'm your host, Valerie, and I'm honored to bring you to a place where the voices of these amazing moms can be heard through a collection of narratives that embody resilience, hope, and strength. Whether you're a parent, a family member, a caregiver, a friend, or simply someone seeking to learn, Join us as we embark on this journey of resilience, love, and connection. Get ready to be uplifted, enlightened, and inspired. This is Special Needs Mom's Circle of Strength. I'm Valerie, and I'm so thrilled you've chosen to be part of our circle. Welcome to my podcast, Special Needs Moms Circle of Strength. I've been on this journey for 21 years. And let me say, I would have so appreciated being part of a community from which to draw strength. This has been the catalyst for starting this podcast, because there is no mistaking, this is a tough journey. In today's episode, I share a little about myself, my journey, and how I've made it to 60 years old without a total head of gray hair, having energy, and renewed ambition. I have been a long-time physiotherapist, and I'm fortunate to be in a career that I've loved. I've had an opportunity to do various aspects of physiotherapy, working from intensive care units to long-term care units, working with pediatrics to geriatrics. But I was inexplicably drawn to a coaching program through, I believe, a Facebook ad. I obtained my certification in health and life coaching about three years ago now. I love encouraging moms of special needs children to dream for their future and the future of their children. In order to do that, moms have to be on board with the fact that it can be about them. Being a mom of two special needs children, I quickly learned that if I didn't make part of my life about me, I'd not be able to sustain all that was on my plate. Now, you may be wondering, what was on my plate? After seven years of infertility, which is often not talked about, I gave up the thought of ever becoming a parent. But I finally became a parent. I had a beautiful pregnancy. I felt so close to God. My spiritual walk was at an all-time high. I could relate to Sarah, Hannah, and Rachel of the Old Testament, and I was filled with joy and excitement at bringing a baby into the world to care for. I remember Scott, my husband, clucking around me like a mother hen, making sure that I was taking my daily quota of fruits and vegetables. In the year 2000, I'd had fibroid surgery, and my obstetrician opted for me to have a C-section. Towards the end of my pregnancy, I started with a chest infection, and I was coughing. The morning of Melody Ann's birth, which was a week before the scheduled C-section, I was coughing so hard that I felt something between my legs. I assumed it was the baby's leg because I knew I was carrying her breech. 
It wasn't long before I was in an ambulance on all fours with a male EMT's hand up my vagina on my way to the hospital. He was alleviating the pressure on the umbilical cord. I don't know how Scott managed to drive to the hospital, but he arrived there in time to see Melody Ann being born via an emergency C-section. She was gray. She made no attempt to breathe. Her heart rate was less than 60 beats per minute when it should have averaged around 120. Our baby needed to be resuscitated and then was placed on a ventilator. Scott and I are both health professionals and both of us have worked the intensive care unit. So it wasn't a huge shock to see a baby on a, our baby on a ventilator. We'd seen people get on ventilators and get off ventilators. But it took about 24 hours for us to realize the severity of what was going on. The neonatologist was very surprised to see that Melody Ann had survived her first weekend. Melody Ann was diagnosed with hypoxic ischemic encephalopathy, which meant a lack of oxygen to the brain. This resulted in her not being able to swallow. Melody Ann would never speak, nor would she ever walk. This translates to Melody Ann being G-tube fed, using a communication device to speak, and being wheelchair bound. Melody Ann is totally dependent and requires 24-hour care. We were not allowed to leave the hospital until we had palliative home care in place. And we were sent home with a prognosis of one year to live. To that point, the hardest thing I was ever to do was to leave the hospital without my baby. The one we'd waited seven years for. The term crushing would be an understatement. Well, if Melody Ann only had one year to live, we were going to make it the best year ever. So there we were, parents for the first time, parents of a special needs child, and parents of a child who was not meant to live past a year. To say I was mad at God does not do the emotion justice. But because Melody Ann only had a year, I felt it was my parental responsibility to ensure that she knew who Jesus was and to set her on a path to have a relationship with him. I, on the other hand, was not interested in a relationship with God. Having worship each morning and evening with Melody Ann and asking a blessing over the pumped breast milk was all I could do as my parental obligation. But it was enough. It was enough to keep the connection and later allow my relationship with God to bloom. After Melody Ann's first birthday, we were able to really breathe as we realized that this child was not at all ready to leave this world. My husband, Scott, had seen a picture of a little boy in a wheelchair with his sister standing beside him. Both of them were laughing. They were laughing their heads off. And Scott wanted this for Melody Ann. I took some convincing. But three years after Melody Ann came into the world, Ebony was born via a planned C-section. And you better believe that I was more closely monitored this time around. Ebony prefers to go by the name August. All the hopes and the dreams that we had for Melody Ann that were dashed, 
we now transfer to our bright, beautiful little girl, August. Being somewhat consumed with all that was involved with Melody Ann being total care, the hiring of caregivers, the appointments, the therapies in the home, etc., we missed some key indicators that August was also a child with special needs. In about grade five to six, we got the diagnosis of ADHD for August, which led to shortly after my husband being diagnosed with ADHD. That initially was an eye-opener for him to connect the dots as to why life was the way it was for him in his younger years. In the spring of 2022, August was diagnosed with high-functioning autism. How did we miss that? Looking back now, we can see the indicators we missed in August's childhood. These were things like difficulty transitioning August to textured food, flapping of their hands, difficult to put on a schedule, did not respond to discipline. And as they grew older, the social awkwardness. And we noticed that August was not getting invited to birthday parties. August was trying so hard, often too hard to fit in, that they masked so well. It has been a relief to them to be able to drop the hard work of masking around their dad and myself. As a side note, when Melody Ann was around five or six years old, her speech language pathologist asked us to consider Melody Ann being on the spectrum. Melody Ann has not been formally diagnosed, but it seems so obvious to us once it was pointed out through clinical presentation that Melody Ann is on the spectrum. We recalled things like she did not want to look at herself in the mirror. It took Scott and I practically standing on our heads to get her to smile, and that took forever. Melody Ann learned her numbers and her letters and the colors at a very early age, and boy, was she repetitive. All of this was a lot, a lot to juggle, a lot to process, and a lot to move through. I hit burnout and had to take time off work. Because Scott and I have no family where we live, we were on 24-7. We were making a living, supporting our children, and looking like we had it all together. We soon learned that this was not sustainable. I chose to keep working part-time as a physical therapist in order to maintain my license. Real reason? Work was a break from the day-to-day at home. Day-to-day at home involved caring for the children, being a support to my husband, who has his own health challenges, maintaining our home, dealing with the majority of appointments, dealing with the funding agencies for reimbursement for paying our caregivers, the appeals, the letters, the meetings that went with all of that. Not to mention the advertising, the interviewing, the training, the monitoring, sometimes the firing of our caregivers. Add into that payroll and the taxation responsibilities. Did I mention that I obtained a bachelor's degree during all of this and supported my husband to get his bachelor's degree in nursing? All of this was a lot. Have you noticed you do what you have to do until you don't have to do it anymore? And then you look back and you think, How on earth did I manage all of that? I knew I needed to implement some strategies if I was going to do it all well. Number one, I needed to take care of myself so that I could show up as my best self for my family. Number two, 
I needed to create a sustainable plan for the future care of my children. First, I had to let go of the idea that I was superwoman. I had fulfilled that role for 16 years and it was no longer serving me. Second, I had to come to a place of accepting more help to care for and support my children. I had to reconcile that, yes, for Melody Ann in particular, that she was not going to get the same level of care as Scott and I had provided for her for the first 16 years of her life. I learned the hard way that to show up as my best self, I had to S-H-I-N-E. I had to shine. More about that later. Making major decisions from a place of burnout, being stressed out, and being emotionally drained is not recommended. But this is where I was when we pushed to create Eden House. We dared to dream about Melody Ann's future living arrangements. It started when she was around 12. We briefly, and I mean briefly, explored what having Melody Ann live independent of us might look like. We were discouraged and we quickly squashed that dream. We are now five years into Melody Ann living independent of us. We left Melody Ann at our family home, which we named Eden House, to be her forever home. Melody Ann lives there with two other young ladies with disabilities, and we have an agency that provide 24-hour care. Setting up Eden House was extremely challenging, especially as I was in burnout. I was fortunate to work with the president of the agency who had been there, bought the t-shirt and worn it. Elaine Yost understood where I was coming from because she had been there and she had achieved what I was hoping to achieve. Once we had the vision of what Melody Ann's future living arrangements would look like and with Elaine championing for us, we held on to the vision and kept moving forward. Despite the obstacles from the government, finances, finding the third person to become a housemate, we successfully launched Melody Ann to live independent of us. How has Melody Ann done over these last five years? She has matured into a lovely young lady with a strong mind, a determined spirit, and a person who knows what she wants. Melody Ann advocates for herself. She has had the opportunity to show empathy. She's bossy. Now I can't think where she gets that from. But she does keep the staff at Eden House entertained with her antics. She has been to more places in her home city than I have ever been. And once a year, at least once a year, she gets to take a mini vacation with her housemates. How has it been for us? We get to just be parents. I don't have to think about, does the feed need to be added to dealing with the pump when it starts to beep? administering medication, changing Melody Ann, ensuring that she has her daily out of chair time. I can't tell you how nice it is to just visit, to sing songs with her, and to hang out with no obligation other than creating memories with her. Had I not begun to shine and had Melody Ann set up in her forever home, I would not have been in a position to handle the challenges we faced with our youngest, August. During their grade 10 year, which just happened to be during COVID, August presented with mental health issues, including depression. 
Because August is quite high functioning and only 18, there are no programs we can access for housing. August peers are not in a position to move out from their family homes and to share a rental, nor is it financially viable for any of them with the current economic environment. At 60, I must confess, I am ready to step out of the caregiving role. We have had to be creative for a solution for August as they do not require 24-hour care. As I speak, we have contractors in our home creating a legal suite in part of our basement where August can start adulting with our support. We envision August requiring support for obtaining medications in a timely manner, reminders to take their medication, (laughs) making and eating healthy meals, ensuring regular exercise assist in maintaining a hygienic space, and financial matters. August learns best through experience, and they told me this when they were a very young child. This way, we believe that we can be close at hand to assist as needed with teaching moments as they arise, and the sharing of information as August is ready to receive it. My hope is to have a mentor checking in with them weekly as we realize it may not be cool to have parents in your business. The purpose of the mentor would be to set life skill goals, monitor the goals, and ensure that they are reached, and also assist with any problem solving that is required. August will need to be accountable to someone other than their parents. I earlier mentioned I would get to the acronym SHINE. SHINE is S. Say yes to self. As mothers, we tend to put others first. You need to give yourself permission to be at the top of your priority list. H is having a relationship with a higher power. We don't have to do life alone. I is being an inspiration. When we're operating as our best self, we can be an inspiration to those in our sphere of influence. N is for nutrition. We are what we eat and what we drink. We need to eat nutritious foods and we need to be fully hydrated so that our bodies and our minds can operate at their optimum. E is for exercise. Now, I know some people don't like the word exercise, so you can substitute movement for it. Exercise or movement allows our brains to produce the natural hormones that induce happiness and joy. In order to navigate the ups and downs of raising children with special needs or raising any children, and for it to be sustainable, you have to engage in nurturing self. Create the space and the time to shine. Self-care needs to be a non-negotiable. This allows you to move purposely through life and positions you to approach life by setting intentions and not operating from a place of reaction. Creating space and time to shine allows you to dare to dream, to create a future for you and to shape the future care for your child with special needs. It has been exciting to see Melanie Ann thrive as well as her other housemates. And we're excited to try out this housing and support model that we're creating for August. And because I'm not in burnout as we facilitate August's move, so far, It's been a much more enjoyable experience. Take steps to shine because you are so worth it. This is the subject of my soon-to-be-released book and the framework for my coaching program. 
I want to leave you with the hope that you can create a future for yourself and for that of your children. I so appreciate this new lease on life where I plan to enjoy empty nesting, have some special time with my husband, expanding this podcast and all that comes with that so that I can help others to dare to dream through the journeys of other moms to bring you encouragement and inspiration. Until we meet again, continue to draw from the circle of strength that surrounds you. Find courage in the stories we share and know that you're never alone on this journey. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Special Needs Moms Circle of Strength. We hope today's story has touched your heart, opened your mind, and reminded you that even in the face of challenges, there is always light to be found. By subscribing to this podcast, you'll remain connected to the power of strength in unity, the potential of love to overcome challenges, and the beauty of a community that understands. Until we meet again, continue to draw from the circle of strength that surrounds you. Find courage in the stories we share, and know that you are never alone on this journey.